Welcome to Fitsby Radio. Slip on your minimal sneakers, notch your headphones into your ears, tuck your smartphone into your pocket, and take us along for a walk while we talk. Or just grab a cup of your favorite drink and get on the floor and stretch a bit while we bring you all things fitness, core, and diastases recti related. You guys ready? Yes. All right. Born ready. Born ready. I love that. I I love your first one though. Like I wish I could just say all those things. (laughs) I know. That is so bad. Hey everybody, welcome to Fit to Be Radio. My name is Chris Finke. I'll be your host today. I'm here with Beth Learn. She's the CEO and founder of Fit to Be Studio. We also have with us Carolyn Anthony. She's the uh, founder of the Center for Women Fitness. Um, thank you for spending some time today with us, Carolyn. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for asking. So um, we asked this for uh, of everybody. Um, but I like doing it. It's it's kind of fun, actually. Where are you coming to us from today? I am sitting in my little office in my small apartment by the lake in in Chicago. Oh, that sounds fantastic. That's fantastic. How long have you been in Chicago? Nearly three years. Three years. Okay. And before Chicago, where were you? Um, I had taken my youngest daughter and moved back to Malaysia for five years. I'm from Kuala Lumpur. So I moved back there to be closer to my mom who was getting old. Okay. Um, Okay. And, and so coming from there to Chicago, how, what's the, what's the big adjustment there? Um, actually not much of an adjustment because before Malaysia, I lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. And I was... I always loved Chicago, so every summer I take my three daughters for back to school shopping in Chicago. Okay. And I, I'm such a city person because I was born in Singapore. I grew up in Kuala Lumpur. I went to school in London, so always big cities. Yeah. And so when I had the opportunity to come here, I just I just dropped everything and said, "Yeah, sure, I live in Chicago." Yeah. Okay. So you so you love it. Sounds like it. sounds like you love it. So you've lived in several places. What's your is Chicago your absolute favorite, or is it something else the absolute best? Um, I think Chicago is probably my favorite, and I think yeah. the reason for that is I can just walk down the street with my cup of tea in the morning and sit on the beach. Right. Mm. And I, you know, if I had to move anywhere else in Chicago that was away from the, from the, from the lake, I probably wouldn't stay. Right, mm. right. Huge pool. Right. Well, but what about in the dead of winter when you're not going to walk down there and sit by the beach? <laughs> well, I'll send you a video of me walking down there in 12 feet of snow because that, that lake every single day is different. That's and you- if you don't, so yeah, no matter what the weather is, there was only one day where I couldn't get to the beach because there was driving sleet and ice, right. and I just couldn't walk through the wind. Right. So I turned back, but you know, I I hope to never take that that lake for granted. It's oh. every single day it's different. That's that's super cool. I love well, that. You're allowed one day a year, I suppose, to not make it down there. That sounds reasonable. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so inspiring. I'm over here like. It's smoky outside. I don't think I'll walk later. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, 
I, I was thinking yesterday because I went down there. I knew it was going to rain. It was already blowing, and I thought the lake's going to look beautiful. And so I went down there, and sure enough, the waves were crashing against mm. the beach and everything. And it really brought home to me how how Mother Nature is different every day, and why why is it that we as human beings don't sort of follow that? It's like we're so afraid of changing, especially women. It's like, oh my god, my body's changing. Um, you know, what am I going to do? It's like, why don't we just be like Mother Nature. It's like every day just throw something out there that we're different. Yeah. Right. You know, we just put out a blog um, just a few days before we're recording with you about four reasons to structure your fitness training around your period. You know, if you're a woman who's menstruating. And um, what's interesting is I may have to go in and reword some of that because people are already looking at that and going, oh yes, I should plan out 28 days worth of workouts based on what, and I'm going, well, hold on. Because, oh my goodness, even my cycle is different a little bit from month to month. And sometimes on day one, I have this big, huge rush of energy. And other times on day one, I am like, don't even talk to me. I'm going to stay in my room with the windows shut all day. And so like for me, it really has been about what does today hold? Do I have energy today? What is my body ready for today? And taking things one day at a time. Not necessarily planning 28 days or four weeks or six weeks in advance because it's just not possible. I think people, and, and I think you do a good job of this, I think people need permission to do whatever is working on that day. Right. It's, I think we need to teach people to listen more to themselves and not always be ready to listen to somebody else. I mean, there's, there's guidance as opposed to being... Agreed. You, you know, the authority. And, and right. I think so many people are just sitting there waiting to be fed some. Right. They're sitting there, motivate me, tell me what to do. And I'm going, uh, you're the authority of your body today. What? <laughs> well, like, I can't tell you to go run five miles or go do Pilates or you need yoga. You have to decide that I can provide over 200 exercise video options on fit to be. You have to choose those. What's going to work for you? And some people have such a hard time doing They that. do. They just like, I guess. It keeps us in business, but at the same time, <laughs> and you can never take time off just to be, you know, just. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We should make a little uh -huh. course and sell it as the name. It's something like exactly what you need to do for the next 90 days. And then the first lesson would be some kind of lesson about helping them choose for themselves. Be a little bit of false, you know, <laughs> false advertising. Yeah. Them. Teach them uh, to decide based on where they're at. So, uh, so Carolyn, tell me about um, tell me about your website, the Center for Women's Fitness. Um, what it's? I, I love the website. It's a beautiful website. Tell me about the research, which is high praise, what high praise coming from Chris. And I put that out there on Instagram. Chris said it's a good website. <laughs> Oh yeah. Cause we know, we know what it takes, especially him. And, uh, sometimes we have, he goes to a website and he's like, Oh my goodness, this person needs some help. Some of them need help. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't say that about you. <laughs> I like it. Looks good. I've had so many websites that, um, I've just had to pull off eventually because it's just been awful. So I'm glad you said that. It's still growing though. I'm still like fluffing out the website. Fluffing. It's a great word. Sorry. I said, that's a great word, fluffing, fluffing out. I'm very good at fluffing. I can fluff out my courses too and, and my lectures. <laughs> fluffing and fluffing. So that's my expertise. 
I would just love to learn more about what it is that you do. Maybe how Beth, how you guys connected. That would be awesome. I think Beth invited me to come and stay on the farm and that she had a cat if I wanted. And then- <laughs> <laughs> I that did. That sounds I- about right. That sounds <laughs> about right. I was come oh you can still come i'll still have you yeah we tried to plan for you to come do a workshop here in my area and it just did not happen and i was the most the thing i was most disappointed about was that i didn't get to host you because i like have this beautiful guest room it's right up there it's right up there in the loft and there's a door and it's beautiful up there um and uh yeah and it just did not work out it was like several massive events were happening in the area. Um, we'll try, we'll try again sometime. Yeah. It was also Mother's Day, if I remember. Oh, time. yes. It was Mother's Day weekend. We're like, wait, what, what do we just do? That's not going to work. <laughs> it's all right. But it's still got us on this track of knowing each other. And, and yes. Because um, I was first drawn to you because of um, the way that you bring um, core awareness and diastasis awareness into Pilates. Now I know that's not the only thing you do and that's not even necessarily your, your main specialty, but that's what got my attention was, Oh, I, who I could learn some things from this woman about integration and, and wow, she's really doing this really well. Well, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think Pilates is the best thing. Well, here's, here's my, my take on that. And, you know, I, I hopefully I'm speaking from some kind of experience because I have been doing Pilates since 1982 no, it's not like I learned it yesterday. Yeah, that, that's a fair amount of experience. Okay, thanks, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, from, from my perspective right now, with the increase in the incident of, of diastasis mm. recti, it's really made me stop and think, okay, there's, there's more to this um, than just, you know, like, you know, not, it's not just the separation of the muscles. But when I, when I look at all of the exercise modalities, and I'm, I'm going to be bashed for this, I'm afraid. Oh, I don't think so. We've got a very nice crowd. Go for it. Good. So Pilates, in my opinion, um, the way it's taught now, not so much Pilates in and of itself, but the way it's actually being taught right now with the, with the flexion of the torso, yeah. in my opinion, is incorrect. My opinion, okay, so it's not the exercise because Pilates has been around for a long time, but it's the way in which, for some reason, I've seen this big change in how people are using their rib cages, how people are using their breathing. And I have to, just because I've been in this industry for so long and been working with diastasis for so long, mm-hmm. I have to make these correlations now. And I have to say, stop doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and take a look at the real biomechanics of your body and stop blaming the exercise. Right. Amen. That's not creating the diastasis. But then also coming from from that, um, well, let me go back to Pilates because, you know, I tend to go off on my tangents here. But the other day when I was scrolling through Instagram, as we do when we're bored stiff, I saw a picture of Joseph Pilates when he was younger and then side by side was a picture of him when he was older. And I was like, oh, my God, there it is right there. There's a diastasis. He had one. He had a big one. Yes, and it got worse. So those two photos together, I was just like, you know, maybe, maybe I need to now stop being nice and say, well, it's not Pilates, it's the way we do it. But maybe now I have to stop and say, 
I'm sorry, I think it's Pilates. Mm-hmm. You think that that type of exercise can be a contributor, especially the way that it's done now. But even looking back at how Pilates himself taught it, because it was named after Joseph Pilates, like the way he did it was giving himself a diastasis. And some people might call it a functional diastasis because, oh, you know, he still was able to do all these things. But the reality is, even just standing still, the man had like a three-finger gap. You can be a functional alcoholic too. It's not a good thing. Oh, that's a really good point. <laughs> Boom. Wow. Okay, there it is. That's so good. <laughs> you know a few of those. <laughs> yes. That might be the whole of Pilates world. But no, um, <laughs> the, thing, the thing is... We can, all, we can all be where we are right now and have a diastasis and be a functional diastasis. And I've seen a lot of them. I've seen a lot of stomachs that look like Joseph Pilates. And these are really strong individuals who, yeah. who do the work beautifully, have great understanding. But I think when... So my whole thing is all about working out as a woman. And I'm so glad that you're doing this thing about periods and working around your period, because that's what I teach in my classes. I'm like, there are certain times of the month where you just cannot do this because mm-hmm. your body's not made to do it. And so when we're looking at Joseph Pilates, he's a guy, right? So yeah, sorry, Chris, but I always see guys as, you know, one straight line and they can work out every single day at the same level with the same stuff. And, you know, they can, they can take all their emotional baggage if they ever have any. And they can leave it outside the room and come in and do their workout and nothing, nothing really changes for them. Meanwhile, back at the farm, there's women with all these hormones and they're going like this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Trying to work out like men. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when you bring up this whole thing about here's your, this is how your body's going to be affected by your period. Thank you. <laughs> Why? Why can't we work out as women? It's like, right. it's just a part of who we are. It's not a weakness. It's not, um, we're not, not going to get where we want to go. Right. We're just taking a different path. Right. When we, when we do Pilates, especially, there's no, especially when it comes to classical Pilates too. Okay. So classical Pilates. And, and you know what? It took me a long time to realize, and I still don't know if I'm classical or contemporary because <laughs> since 82, I don't yeah. know what it was I learned back then. I don't know what I've learned now. I just don't know anyone. So well, you're not classical or contemporary. You're Carolyn. Thank you. So yeah. I like it. Um, so I think we. I think that the Pilates boom has been very instrumental in creating mm-hmm. an epidemic of diastasis rectus. <laughs> I said uh huh too soon, but but still uh huh. I do still agree. <laughs> What don't you agree with? No, I said I do agree. Okay. But for a second, I, w- I was like, you know, it's been very instrumental. Yes, it has been. And then you finished it in creating diastases. Oh, yes, that too. <laughs> a little test. So, um, you know, for, for me too, it's, it's a worldwide problem too. Because I'm very fortunate. I get to go to all these wonderful countries. I get to teach in all of these beautiful Pilates studios all over the world. And every single person is doing an exercise that I use as a test the same way. And I, I don't say anything when, when I get, I, I normally part of the course of, of my DR courses, I have like three people lie on the floor mm-hmm. and I get a reflection of the torso the way they were taught. Like the Pilates 100, right? Even, or things like that. Even yeah. just a basic crunching motion is what you're talking about. 
but mostly um, with the Pilates world, there's, you know, this big, huge intake of air and this uh-huh. big exhale. And then there's this over-recruitment and over-activation of all the core muscles just to lift your head off the floor. And I'm like, guys, what, what are you training for? Mm-hmm. It's not an Olympic sport to lift your head off the floor. <laughs> we don't need to, you know, with every little thing. So, so that's my test, and, and I don't say anything to anybody, and I just get everyone to watch. So three people come down, we watch, and then three more people. So by the time you've got through like 40 people, people are just like, we don't know what we're looking at. And then I, get, I, I, then I have to throw myself down on the floor because no one's done it the way I want them to do it. And mm-hmm. then I do it the way I want them to do it, and everybody's like, oh! And, and that's yeah. such a big aha moment. And I'm like... If you understand biomechanics and you understand not just the muscle insertion or what compromises your core, but the sequence of events from doing the section of the torso, you're going to realize where you're going wrong. Mm-hmm. You're realize that you're contributing to opening up that linear alba. Right. That gigantic inhalation, <laughs> which I know keep, people keep talking about how there is muscle activity during the inhalation. Yes, but it's normal muscle activity. It's involuntary it's, respiratory. It's eccentric. It's expansion. It's lengthening of the muscles. And then the natural shortening occurs with the exhalation. There's a natural, but even then there's a sequence to which muscles flex first along the whole entire chain. And we know from studies that the pelvic floor in a functional core is the first thing to fire. We're often dealing with dysfunctional core. So now we take a dysfunctional core and we tell them to <gasps> take this gigantic inhale. And then they usually also send that to the chest. They don't even send it into... Yeah, I, I'm totally tracking with you. Well, here's the thing, though. You just said something important that I was also working on. It's like everybody's breathing into the chest. Mm-hmm. That's where we need to be breathing. Well, and when I'm talking like scalenes and shoulders, like so I would I like upper chest as opposed to like full chest, full rib cage. I, I, I call it umbrella breathing where, you know, you're envisioning your entire chest cavity expanding with the inhale and gently contracting, especially around the lower rim of the ribs. But my tendency for many years and what I see with a lot of mamas, because we've been spending 11 hours a day feeding babies or, or holding babies and carrying babies and, and, or driving with one hand and reaching back. And so we get stuck with our breath up here in our shoulders and our clavicles and our necks. <laughs> and we're like heaving up in the high chest instead of bringing the breath down into the lower chest cavity. Yep. So we're actually creating our own dysfunctions. But then on top of that, we've, we're, we're adding to it by exor- doing the exercises incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, so when, when I look back on um, when I first started just specifically doing pre- and postnatal work, there was nobody who had a diastasis, not a single person 25 years ago. And that's not a long time to have created this epidemic. Um, of, I'm just getting cold now. So, <laughs> put on a coat. No, and I'm getting. <coughs> Excuse me. But we're—it's literally—it's an epidemic. It's like I don't—I don't see anyone with a normal stomach anymore. And everybody who comes through the studio gets to show me their stomach. They have to lift their shirt up. It's a prerequisite. You have to show me. <laughs> Does you have that on the door somewhere? Naked <laughs> stomachs only. <laughs> Yeah, but it's the only way to, and you know, God forbid 
that I would have ever have sent any of my three daughters to Joseph Pilates back in the day because he wore his white underpants. But now I'm beginning to realize why. <laughs> yeah, that guy nowadays might get a couple different labels. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Uh, what? What? So, so what do you do with someone that uh, absolutely loves Pilates, but might realize they might be maybe doing some damage they weren't previously aware of. What do you recommend to them, or what what do you do with that? Oh, then I just teach them what I give them some tools because I don't ever say to someone you can't do this ever again. It's like I get a lot of CrossFit people in, but uh-huh. so many women love CrossFit, right? So I'm not, I'm not going to take away something that's helping them feel good, but I am giving them some tools because they come in and they go, oh, yes, I got this diastasis, you know, from their xiphoid process to their navel, which is not a normal diastasis. And I'm, I'm like, okay, show me what you did to get this. And they go, well, we're hanging off the bench. We're just picking ourselves up to do action of the torso. Now, this was an eight-week pregnant client, okay, and I'm like, okay, but she loves CrossFit, as many women do, and I'm not going to take that away from them. I'm just going to point out the fact that, one, it's not normal to get diastasis when you're doing exercise, and two, it's not normal to pee when you're exercising. Right. So they some tools. So they come to, you know, a private session or how many sessions, or if you're a teacher, come to my course, and I teach you everything. I teach you all there is to know. <laughs> Um, it's strategies you're teaching strategies you're not saying no you're saying here's how yes because I mean otherwise what's the point I I you know I like to go for a run I like to throw myself around but I also understand my body and and it's it's limits now right um yeah so I don't want to take away I want to add to people's lives exactly um and the thing it's just learning it's just learning something that's all but it yeah. should, as far as I'm concerned, it should be a part and parcel of your training when you're teaching. You should know this. Oh, that is, you know, I got sent a book to review. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what it is, but it was about Pilates Come on, used, used in, a, in a rehab setting. And I was really discouraged about it because they sent it to me. Clearly they've checked me out. They know I do diastasis stuff. They know I do core. All of the exercises that would be contraindicated for diastases, the contraindications listed, none of them included diastases. And I was like, huh? Like all of the Pilates, you know, forward, forceful, flexion, motions, none of them listed. They did list low back pain and they did list incontinence and they did, but they didn't list diastases. And I was just like, oh my gosh, why did they even send this to me? Because <laughs> like, what do I say? <laughs> There's still not that much awareness in fields outside of, like in some of the medical fields. Like, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've talked to so many doctors in the years. In, in mm-hmm. years yeah. Having a clue. Yeah. And, and physical therapists. I mean, most of the physical therapists I talked to say, yeah, there was two paragraphs. When I found out about diastasis, I had to go get specialized training. And that's, you know, you provide that. The Tummy Team is coming out with the Tummy Safe Fit Pro course, and they have some ongoing training for physical therapists. You can go in and shadow them. There's some good things happening, but the medical community at large and the rehab community at large is still not trained. 
they don't come from a movement perspective. Mm-hmm. They know, and my brother said this to me many times. He's a radiologist, um, so you know, pretty high up in his profession. And when he had a he had um, a disc surgery in his lower back. Okay. And I a disc surgery. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to give him exercises and stuff, and um, you know, and I'm like, why don't you know this? Because well, I know, I know what the muscle is and I know where it is in my body and I know where it attaches to it. So I don't know how to move it. And okay, say that, say that last part again. Me Wait, say that last part again. He said he knows where it is, but you so kind of faded out. I don't, I'm sorry. So he knows where it is. He knows where it is in his body. He knows where it, the origin and the assertion is. He says, but he doesn't know how to move it. And that to me is... Is, is everything about the medical community. And please don't think I'm bashing the commitment. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, we get it. I, I just see so many women who've been to their doctor who has said, oh, you know, don't worry about it. It's not going to bother you. And I'm like, this poor woman has incontinence. She's got a bad back. She's got SI joint stuff. Mm-hmm. She's emotionally um, traumatized by the, the look of it. And don't underestimate the, the emotional impact as well. You know, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I was going with this. I'm sure I had a point somewhere, but... um. Well, what you were saying about what the medical community does and doesn't know, it's not bashing them. It's just simply, none of us know what we know until we know it. Um. (laughs) Um, My daughter just graduated from Vanderbilt University in Tennessee, and she was on the track to become a certified nurse midwife. And she changed after two years, and now she's a family nurse practitioner because she decided she, she didn't want to go to births anymore. She goes, I don't understand why these women don't understand that it's going to be painful. And I'm like, <laughs> good point. Um, but when she was doing her rounds, and she was with, you know, a faculty midwife, and the midwife checked this woman for a diastasis and then said... Which is unusual. Which is unusual. But then said to her, oh, you diastasis, but there's nothing you can do about it. Oh. My daughter said to me, Mom, it took everything I had to keep my mouth shut. And she said, when, when everybody left, she went back into that room and said to me, oh, good. there is something you can do and come and see me. My mom's taught me this. I'm like, oh, oh that's so rewarding. <laughs> but I mean, if you're, you know, there she is, she's learning to be a midwife and the midwife's saying there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, the other thing I hear commonly is midwives telling women at like these early checks, right, either like right after birth or two weeks or six weeks, midwives and doctors are saying, okay, you have this, do crunches, or you have this, we'll do surgery on you when you're done having babies, we'll stitch you up. And the thing is you can put stitches in weak muscles, but that doesn't solve the problem. And weak muscles that are pulling the wrong directions often rip the stitches. And And then you're you're tearing through muscle fibers. Ah, (laughs) <laughs> you know, the worst thing, though, is I see I see so many clients who have had um, <clears throat> the mesh. Mm-hmm. My son has that. My son had some mesh put in because he had double hernias when he was small. You know, they just put these little mesh patches in, and I didn't know at the time. This was I mean, he's ten now. He was two, it was eight years ago, right as I was launching Fit to Be. That year was epic. Let me tell you, my son my son had surgery, my daughter had surgery, and I launched the site all in the same year. Woo! Uh, did not plan it that way. Um, and, but I, did, I hadn't met the tummy team yet. I, um, only had that two paragraph knowledge of diastases from my college degree, maybe a paragraph here and there in a couple of my aerobics and fitness association of America certifications. 
just nothing. Um, and so I'm waiting because I know that those meshes can start to lift and curl. And as a kid grows, they can start separating and pulling from the muscle. And he's been telling me, mom, sometimes he'll be running around. He's like, and he'll put his hand down there and he's like, mom, my surgery always feel funny. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> okay. Well, let me know if they really start hurting. Okay. Cause we need to go get that looked at. Cause they can remove them. It's a messy business, but then they usually end up having to put something else. You know, they just put a bigger mesh patch back in. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's a patch and it was good for him at the time. Cause he had this egg thing coming out of his lower groin area. I mean, it was freaky, poor kid. Um, so, you know, it was not needed at the time, but I hope we can advance past putting plastic meshes in people. It's, you know, some people it works great. Some people, they never have a problem. And I'm really hoping that that is going to be him long-term. Um, but it's just not a lot. It's really not the greatest long-term solution for diastases and hernia and, and all that. We need to do better. We need to do better for people. We do. And, you know, it's like I see you and I see the tummy team and I see, you know, um, the Tupper method and, and Jenny and all of that. It's just like we're trying so hard that we don't, we don't have a big enough platform. It's like some, somebody needs to come in you know, from the healthcare and, and help us. Yeah. Yeah. And it is improving, um, slowly, but surely, but now, but now we're what's happening is there's, there is more information coming out, but not all the information agrees. So now we have these camps of people that are like, this is the right way to, to narrow a dash. And this is the right, and this is the, and, and so now there's a little bit of dissension and debating. And I really hope we can move past that in the next four or five years. Yeah, I, yeah, I hope so too. And I think, um, I think people shouldn't dismiss those of us who've been at it the longest um, because, you know, I, 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 know, I know that people are starting to dish the Tupper method, but I'm like, you know what? That woman started the whole, you should be thankful for her. Right. Such awareness to us. And, and we're just, we're all in this together. We're all trying to, to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and as my daddy would say, he's born and raised in Nebraska, and it's not very politically correct. But he would say, "There's more than one way to skin a cat." Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it just upsets me that we can't all come together as a community. It's like we're just at the end of the day. What are we doing? We're just trying to help people, right? And if someone doesn't agree with you, it doesn't make it wrong. It just makes it something you don't want to use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there any real wrong information? I don't know that there is. I think we're, you know, there's there are all of these things that we have to progress through to get to the other side, and, and there's different strategies. Exactly, and you keep saying that, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that, but it does make me sad mm-hmm. that, that there's all of this. You know, we know better than you. It's like none of us know anything. <laughs> you think you know it all then you don't (laughs) you might as well quit right now because you're not going to learn any further and there's a lot of new stuff coming out yeah i think it's i think it's very very important to have a posture of learning to continue to learn Mm -hmm. not be closed off um i mean it's it's very easy to feel like you've got things figured out and then you 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 really don't, like you said. You know, I think that's that's a good point. When I, when I 
think of what I started with 25 years ago. I mean, I cringe at what I was putting up there. But how do you start otherwise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been lucky enough that I've had so many people, so many clients that I've been able to, to be in the field and do my research on these poor guinea pigs. <laughs> and they all know that. I say, are you willing? And I, you know, I do a lot of free sessions. I'm like, I'm going to try this out. And if, if it doesn't work, then you don't owe me any money. Um, but, you know, to now I really feel after 25 years, mm-hmm. now I feel like I'm onto something yeah. because of the results I'm getting and the consistent results time and mm-hmm. time again. Yeah. Always working out with something, they're walking out of the studio with something that has changed. So I'm onto something. Do I know what it is I'm onto? I have no idea. Right. But I'm yeah, not- the pictures, the pictures that you've been putting out, um, you know, you have, it's called the center method and, um, and you, uh, I want you to, to do the breathing thing that you did during our live chat that we had a while back. It was so neat. So if you're listening, stick around because, um, if you'd be so kind to take us through this little breathing meditation where you're connecting with the core, it's just amazing. Um, but <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, you have these pictures of, you know, bellies before women come in and then they come in and they take a class and they get some hands-on work from you. And people, if you are just doing online programs and you're getting results, that's awesome. However, the real gold to everybody listening is to find somebody who knows and has been trained in hands-on methods for diastasis, however you want to pronounce it, um, and go see them and, and, and get their hands on your belly and do it several times because there is some magic that happens there. And um, I can't reach through the screen and make that happen. But the, the, the pictures that she puts out is like, you can see the gap and then you don't see the gap. And you can see because the, the skin is like s- totally rearranged and snapped together. Like the, the, the two sides of the rectus abs are literally pinching the skin together in the middle because the thing is shut. Now, is that going to stay shut as they go home? Hmm? I don't know. You know, so it's like, they all, I think that there needs to be repeat sessions a lot of times, but that's just... Um, I don't know. Tell me, tell me, do the, when you do that hands-on work, do people go home and does it stay like that for several days or several weeks, Carolyn? Well, we're actually moving away from a lot of the hands-on so that people, um, I'm doing more of um, like myofascial release with a ball. Right. People who do it. Um, and we're lucky enough now that we're documenting. I've told all my teachers, you have to keep sending me the pictures. I have to know that this is... Um, going to, to stay and yes now we've got two years out we've got you know nearly three years out and it's just continually getting better good and the thing of it is that I do and this is where my growth comes into it's not you know I started out as a fitness person Pilates person I'm an ex-professional ballet dancer and when I say that people are like oh well you don't know anything I'm like okay thanks that, that oh, what um I have no credentials which is why uh, well, anyway, that's a, that's a different story for another time. But um, what I am finding out now, because I've done, I've done a lot of courses over the years to become an esoteric healer, which is working with the subtle body, so the emotional, the mental, mm. the spiritual. And I've often thought in the back of my head that there has to be more than the physical, which has been proven because now we know the fascial system. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there were all of these other things, but there was a course that I did in March in Chicago. And thank God for people being there because, you know, I have all these witnesses. And I've always thought in the back of my head that the emotions were 
obviously play a huge part in in how our, our bodies are physically. I mean, I mean that's oh, not... Yeah. yeah, I know. It's not... Yeah. Anything, we, we have something called the grief routine, just to back you up even before you tell your story. Because, and we filmed it with Kelly from the Tummy Team, um, who's a physical therapist, um, and you know, really leading a lot of things in the field in terms of core rehab. Um, but we did this because so many women have a lot of grief and trauma they're carrying. And it is so interesting to hear back from clients. They're like, I've been with you for a couple of years, but then you put out this routine and I did it. And oh my goodness, over the next week, my diastasis finally narrowed. Or my posture finally lined itself up because they got in there and dealt with and touched and connected mentally and spiritually and emotionally with their cores in this way. So now keep telling your story. (laughs) Well, that was my story. Um, But no, there was this one particular woman in this class who um, I had been corresponding with for a couple of years and then she finally was able to come to the class. And... um, when I know someone has a diastasis, I always ask them before the course, I was like, you know, can you be our model? Are you comfortable with people looking at you and, and working? Because the changes happen within the course itself. You can see it literally in front of your eyes. Um, so as she got down on the mat and was starting to lift her shirt up, um, by the time we get to that, usually I've sussed out that the energy in the room is good and everybody's in a safe environment because um, you are you know, showing your body off. And no one's right. allowed to apologize. No one's allowed to go down on the floor saying, I'm so sorry, I've got my stomach. And I'm like, no, no, put your shit back down. And then mm-hmm. again. So as she lay down and, and she lifted her, her shirt up and there was her diastasis, which was really quite bad. And it was three, three years old, maybe three or four years old. And... She then said to everyone, um, and she had very, very crinkly skin. And the other thing I want you to also um, start thinking about now too is not just looking at the skin of the belly, but what I'm also noticing is the area in the throat. Mm-hmm. Right? So she had a lot of lines on her throat, and I was thinking, well, for a young woman, that's, yes, I'm so, yeah, so I'm like, okay, what? what um, <laughs> I'm like, I love it. On my neck, but I'm 60, so this is just. <laughs> Um, but, you know, we're, I'm looking, I'm scanning her whole body, but I don't want to, I don't want to tell anybody what I'm looking for until they see it because I don't want to put the idea in their head. So she gets down on the floor. She's got very, very crinkly skin around her diastasis, and she's also got a lot of lines in her neck. Then she says to everybody, she goes, this is the first time in two or three years that anyone's seen my stomach. The only person who's seen my stomach is my husband. Mm. that she starts to cry Mm. and sob. And as she cries, all of the crinkles in her skin on her tummy begin to disappear. And all of the lines on her neck start to smooth out. And I'm like, there's my answer. That's my question was, how much storage of trauma and emotion um, has an effect on that physical body. And there it was right in front of my eyes. And of course, I never had my phone with me to do all this. But the other, other part of that is I never want to break the moment by videoing anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm looking at this and everybody's like so quiet watching this happen in front of them. And then when she, when she finished crying and was, you know, a little bit calmer, I said, you just fixed your own diastasis. Mm-hmm. And then we took the picture because we'd taken one before. Wow. And she was just like, I cannot, I can't believe that happened. 
But then we went through the whole routine because, and, um, you know, she has some more changes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And sending me the pictures, she's just getting better and better and better. Because I think um, the routines that I do, maybe, you know, everybody's probably doing the same thing now, but calling it different things. I don't have mm-hmm. a vocabulary like a PT does, but I'm using a lot of rocking movements, a lot of releasing movements, um, mm-hmm. you know, a sequence of movements that I believe is, is what's helping. And yeah. it, it is about the emotional and the, and the mental and the relaxation and the release of tension. It's all of that. Well, I remember, um, you know, Katie Bowman five or six years ago talking a lot at that time. And, and I got her book about, um, you know, the whole body approach, mm-hmm. but about really the main, the main contributor being pressure, but not just this physical pressure, but also this emotional pressure and how, you know, even her five or six, seven years ago was saying, um, that our fascia stores things, you know, fascia is this network. It's that thin layer that surrounds muscle, but it goes down into the muscle. It's what has the nerves, um, but it has memory. It's, it's the pockets that shape the muscles. And when there's tension in the body, that is a type of pressure. Uh, and when we cry, <laughs> it is a strange thing. It's, it's this whole body crying, really crying is a whole body activity that presses out our system. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like opposing pressure to the pressure that was there before I had a huge emotional release about a week ago. Um, and it was, I remember thinking, wow, I really do feel so much better and so much more relaxed now that I got that out. Um, my alignment was better. I also, it's so interesting that you said the neck because, you know, I have a lot of stuff going on in my neck because of having surgery right now about nine and a half months ago. And I noticed, I noticed because I, that my scar released itself. My scar had had this dimple over it and that disappeared after I had that emotional release. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And I've been pondering that and, and noticing that, but I, and then you say, I'm like, wow, there really is something to that. You know, when I was doing the esoteric healing and you're learning about um, all of these different bodies, so you're learning about your physical body being the, the most dense energy then you have your mental your emotional and your spiritual body that that constitutes the whole the integration but when they started talking about the etheric body and the etheric body was what connected all of these subtle bodies of course my my um, physical fitness and pilates and fascia body person said oh my god the etheric body is the fascia Mm. that's what it is so you know everybody we all know this Mm. we just haven't put it into practice yet. I mean, it's so, you know, look at all these different modalities, the chi, the, the chakras, and this is, everybody's talking about the same thing. Essentially, yes. Yeah. I mean, what, what people mapped out as the chakras um, or the dantians or... Um, so the, right. No. So, and those all line up with the solar plexus and, the, and all these massive nerve gateways. And we know that what's happening in the jaw is very relative to what's happening in the low core and pelvic floor. We know that because of the, because the vasovagal response, your vasovagal nerve innervates your jaw and your pelvic floor. And how awesome is that? Well, that's that whole roof of your mouth diaphragm with your pelvic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, We've, we've got to rethink how we're training our physical fitness people. Mm-hmm. 
Pilates and stuff. It, it has to, I think we are moving into a more integrated total body, mind, real mind body, not this, this pretend mind body thing. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting there. I think we have to get there. Um, but it's just, I don't know, it's quite the journey. And it's very frustrating sometimes when you get the naysayers. Um, mm-hmm. It is. It is. Sorry, Chris. Did you want to say something? Oh, I, I was just gonna. I was just. I wanted to loop back before we run out of time and and talk about the breathing thing that Beth mentioned. I don't actually know what that is, but oh, I would love. I would love to hear it. Okay. Ooh, he's in for a treat. And this is not just for women. This is this is really great for men. Okay. You want me to do it right now? I do. I do. I do. All right. So. Um, are people actually watching this? Um, some people will be watching it, um, but I think it's a much higher percentage that's just listening. Okay, that gives me an idea. Okay. All right, so just sitting where you're sitting comfortably and just focus on your own breath pattern. And it doesn't matter where you're breathing into. Just pay attention to your inhale and your exhale. It doesn't need to be exaggerated in any way. And as you focus on your breath, just allow your body to relax and release. Find your own rhythm with your breath. And as you exhale, just let go a little bit more. Feel your eyes loosen, your jaw and your tongue relax. Open your throat. Release the tension in your neck and shoulders. Let go of those tummy muscles. Feel the hips relax. And allow the tension just to drain from your legs out through your feet. Still focusing on your own breath. Just gentle, quiet breathing. Now I'm going to direct your breath. I'd like you to take an inhale in between your sit bones. Inhale. On the exhale, let everything relax. And at the end of your exhale, very gently draw your sit bones together. And again, inhale in between your sit bones. Exhale, let everything relax. And at the end of the exhale, very gently draw the sit bones together. And again, Inhale in between the sit bones. Exhale, let everything relax. And at the end of the exhale, very gently draw the sit bones together. Now take your next inhale in between your hip bones. Inhale. Exhale, let everything relax. And at the end of the exhale, very gently draw your hip bones together. And gentle breath in between the hip bones. 
Exhale, let everything relax. And at the end of the exhale, very gently draw your hip bones together. And again, inhale in between your hip bones. Exhale, let everything relax. And at the end of the exhale, very gently draw your hip bones together. Now take the breath into the circle at the bottom of the ribcage. Exhale, let everything relax. And at the end of the exhale, very gently draw the circle at the bottom of the ribcage together. And again, inhale into the circle at the bottom of the ribcage. Exhale, let everything relax. And at the end of the exhale, very gently draw the circle at the bottom of the ribcage together. And one more time. Inhale into the circle at the bottom of the ribcage. Exhale, let everything relax. And at the end of the exhale, very gently draw the circle at the bottom of the ribcage together. On your next inhale, inhale in between sit bones, hip bones, bottom of the ribcage. Exhale, let everything relax. And very gently bring sit bones, hip bones, bottom of the ribcage together. And again, inhale, in between sit bones, hip bones, bottom of the ribcage. Exhale, let everything relax. And at the end of the exhale, very gently draw sit bones, hip bones, bottom of the ribcage together one more time. Inhale, in between sit bones, hip bones, bottom of the ribcage. Exhale, let everything relax. And at the end of the exhale, very gently draw sit bones, hip bones, bottom of the ribcage together. Gentle breathing, focus on your own breath pattern. You need to inhale deeply, go ahead. Or just continue to focus on your own gentle breath. Whenever you're ready, you can open those eyes. You guys turned your videos off. No fair. Well, I didn't. I just unmuted myself. So if I was painting, nobody could hear me. <laughs> oh, that was so good. I hope everybody that's listening that couldn't do that because maybe they were out for a walk or something. I hope you come back and give it a listen. I'll make sure to mark the timestamp of when that starts. That's a good idea. <laughs> Thank you. I love, I love that you use the bones, um, which is a similar technique that I use um, so that it's, it's a connection point people can make within their bodies that is really deeper than the muscles. It's such a unique um, cueing technique that I have never heard anybody else do besides you. It's really, really neat. Well, hopefully there are more people now that I'm training. Them. Well, yes, <laughs> hopefully it's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Carolyn, what, where can people learn more about you, find you, find information about what you're providing? I guess on my website. Mm-hmm. Can you say okay. that? Yep. It's, yep. it's com. I awesome. chose a really short name for myself. A really short name. <laughs> we'll put a link It's easy to remember. Sure. Yes, we will. Yeah. Hmm. Well, Carolyn, um, we ask everyone what their favorite exercise is right now. And so we got to ask you as well. I'm guessing it's not uh, anything to do with Pilates right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is. 
Oh, what's my favorite exercise? Yep. Hands down the bridge. I can okay. bridge in 365 different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, do you mean the shoulder bridge where you're face up, or do you mean like the plank bridge where you're face down? Ooh. 366 different ways. To oh. <laughs> Any bridging. She loves bridging. <laughs> I'm going to try No, this is lying down face up, um, doing it all different ways. Yeah. Yeah, that is one of my favorites too. I remember Chris telling me at one point a couple years ago, he was like, if I hear you say shoulder bridge one more time, I'm going to, I don't even remember what he said he was threatening to do, but he was like, I <laughs> swear word that we're not allowed to use yeah but i i use it in not all of our workouts but quite a few because it's so effective and there are so many different ways to do it yeah definitely and to be clear for those listening you know we're we're making this one about pilates we're again not saying you cannot ever do pilates we're saying there's a strategy fit to be has quite a few pilates workouts but we do them different i've totally change the strategies in them. Um, there is pretty much no forward flexion in, in what we do for the stage that we are dealing with people. So we are, um, you know, laying flat on the floor and focusing on alignment on the floor while doing leg motions and things like that. So it is again, all about strategy. It's all about stepping back and asking what is needed today. Where are you at today? Mm-hmm. You know, you, like I said before, it's not about taking stuff out of the program. And, you know, you've, you've obviously got to work towards a goal like that. But right. like you said, it's the strategies, it's the tools in your toolbox. How am I going to do this so that I can protect myself? And, and um, I, I do, I really so strongly believe, and obviously my whole business is about teaching women, that we wouldn't necessarily have these problems if right from the get-go we were working out as women, with all of our anatomy and our physiology and our hormones and what happens every month in pregnancy and postpartum. And if we, we just, you know, learn from the beginning how to treat ourselves better. Right. We wouldn't have Mm-hmm. And that's really what we're trying to accomplish in the Fit to Be Girls course is getting girls when they're between ages of 9 and 14 and teaching them about their cycles and teach them about their bodies and their fitness and how they carry themselves and their emotions and how they're looking at themselves in the mirror, addressing potential eating disorders at that early, early age, hopefully before they even get their period so that they're not um, without tools. Thank you. And, uh, it, that is, if anybody's interested in that, that's the Fit to Be Girls course. Um, and it, it's pretty amazing, uh, if I do say so myself, mostly because I didn't do all the lessons. It's a lot of awesome contributors. <laughs> you so yeah. Okay, thank you for all of that. Oh, and thank you. And, and, I, and I, I just want to say one more thing. You, know, you mentioned earlier, you, you don't have these quote-unquote credentials. Um, and you know, sometimes I feel the same way. It's like, yeah, I have a degree and I have certifications. Um, but uh, when it comes to this particular field, the credentials are still catching up. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I, it's just, I just get really irritated when, when people say, what are your credentials? I'm like, life. <laughs> what else? 25 years of experience. <laughs> you know, I've been teaching for 40 years, but what do you want? Yes. Uh, well, I, I think you are quite credentialed in my book. So. Thank you. Everybody needs to go to her website and check out Carolyn's work. If you are a professional working um, as a Pilates instructor, or if you just want to get trained in this method that she has, please go check her out and please consider taking one of her courses. She's amazing. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. 
Carolyn, thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's been a fantastic uh, podcast. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for being on, Carolyn. It was great to have you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I hope we meet in person one day. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Come come and get a cat, please. I I currently have more. Okay, good. I'll be there. (laughs) Okay. Bye, Carolyn. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Well, thanks for listening to all that. If you liked it, you should subscribe so that good Lord willing and the creek don't rise, you receive all our new episodes we do our best to put out each week. And of course, please follow us on Twitter at fit to be on Instagram at fit to be studio and on Facebook via fit to be tummy safe fitness. Want to work out with me, Beth? You can do that over at fit to be.com. See you there.